Greetings, and welcome to episode 24 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode... Drew from Pops and Heroes joins us to talk about retro-style games and shenanigans were had. Here lies Locke. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time to pander to a retro mentality. Yeah, that's right, we're talking about 8 and 16-bit games, but in a modern era. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? Well, um, I don't sound like Christian Bale, so that's nice. Hey, no bad Batman impressions. I, I'm pretty sure I did a better Batman than he did. <laughs> and you didn't try to murder people on set. Well, there was that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. If you hear a third voice laughing, it's because we brought in a guest today because I thought I was going to sound like Christian Bale, but even worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we have brought in Drew of Fops and Heroes. What's up, buddy? Hey guys, I'm glad to be back. Excited about today's topic. (laughs) Cool. Oh, me too. Plus, you guys have had a little bit of a snafu lately? Uh, Yeah, I'm waiting on a part to come in from Amazon tomorrow, but like the power supply to our uh, our mixer got fried a couple of weeks ago by uh, squirrels chewing through the power the power line going to our house. (laughs) Well, I don't think the squirrel made it out. It fried like the power slime my yeah computer, lost some speakers, lost yeah. the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if, if Drew sounds a little off, it's because he's uh, talking through a webcam mic. And uh, yeah. regardless, we're happy to have him yeah. in any capacity. All right. Yay. So, yes, indeed. Yay, indeed. <laughs> so right. Drew, in honor of Hops and Heroes, what are you drinking? God, okay. So <laughs> I was at Walmart uh, buying you uh, power strips for the house because they all like failed us. <laughs> are you drinking Walmart brand beer? Okay. Some so, drinking Walmart brand beer. <laughs> not quite. It's not like Sam's Choice lager. But... <laughs> <laughs> what fucking great would that be, though? <laughs> but I was like, so, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I want a beer. And so I went over there and they didn't have any like any type of microbrew other than like Sam Adams, if you would Fucking consider that. <laughs> but I found this thing and it was called Trouble Brewing Company and it was called the Here Comes Trouble 12 pack. And it was four different beers, but I'm drinking the Cats Away IPA. Nice. Where, where, also, are they, where are they out of? I can't find any information. Like <laughs> I, I found a, so it's Trouble Brewing, but they don't have a website. But I found a different trouble brewing. I don't know. I found a different trouble brewing, but it wasn't them. But it came with like four different beers, and it was a IPA, a pale ale, uh, amber ale, and uh, a Belgian white. And the Belgian white was pretty decent. But then, yeah, this is called the After Party Pale Ale. Then there's the Cats Away IPA, Red Flag Amber Ale. Like I don't like the naming convention. It's all these beers are very generic. It's all fucking puns, really. Yes, it's a terrible puns. It, it's, it was the Trouble Brewing Company. Yeah, you know, like I was trying to look it up before we started here. I couldn't find anything. I found the Trouble Brewing, but it wasn't the same people. 
Yeah, well. Either way, um, I'm pretty sure Trouble Brewing is a subsidiary of Walmart, so (laughs) enjoy your Walmart brand beer. Exactly. These are very, like, textbook IPA. Like, there's no extra flavor. Just, hey, we threw some hops in here. It's an IPA. Yeah, that's not that's not a surprise. Yeah. yeah. So what are you drinking, Paul? Water, really. That's all yeah. I've been drinking the last couple of days. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully it does it for you. Yeah, save the voice, you know. So I've got a, a special one out of uh, good old Atlanta, Georgia. Go on. It is the Clip-On series for Monday Night <laughs> Brewing. And Clip-Ons are like their weird little one-off special alternatives that they do to their normal stuff so this is the nerd alert which is their pilsner but this is the super nerd which is an imperial pilsner interesting and and it's actually pretty good but the imperial part of the pilsner makes it uh a seven and a half percent pilsner nice it it is nice it is very very tasty Okay. Very, very good for a poster. Their, their nerd alert's actually really good too. So if you have never had the chance to have it, it's uh, definitely worth picking up. Can't say I have. No, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know if they, I don't know if they get out of Georgia. I have no Probably idea. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. So really fucked. Sense. Yeah. By the way, Cats Away is from California. Okay. Okay. World Brews in uh, California. Huh. This. Oh, okay. No idea. Yeah, well, all right. All right. That's a, we'll that's, just go this with is, it. This is according to Beer Advocate. We'll just okay. go with it. And that has no score on Beer Advocate. <laughs> I mean, if it's that generic, it probably is just around 50. Yeah. Right. The most average score possible. Yeah. Most of the reviews are around two and a half to three out of five. Okay. So, yeah. That, yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> Does that match up with your assessment of that beer? Yeah. Yeah. It's very middle of the road. It's not awful. Like, you know, it's nicely carbonated and all that. Well, it's not gasoline, shrug. It's the Bud Light of IPAs. I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't have uh, whatever that, what's their their Walmart off-brand, the the Great? Oh, Great Choice. Great Value or something like that. Great Value. (laughs) Great Value (laughs) brand of beer. Yeah. That would be really funny. (laughs) That would be awful. Let's just bottle some kerosene and put Great Value on it. Nice. All right. What you guys been playing? So what I've been playing lately is uh, mostly been diving back into League of Legends a little bit. Uh, and I played a very weird game earlier today on my iPad just to check it out because we went to go see Fantastic Creatures or Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the new Harry mm-hmm. Potter movie. And fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. It's very good format for this because it's not they're not condensing a book down into a movie. They're, they just wrote a they movie. They just wrote so a movie. Yeah. So it's really good because it's you know a movie written by a bunch of really good people but the game is really freaking weird because it's basically a find the object game so it's on an ipad and they show you a room and there's just like a bunch of shit laying all over the room and you have to like find all the harry potter themed stuff in it so it'd be like find the mouse find the chocolate frog find the quaffle from the quidditch match like (laughs) find the golden snitch and and it gives you like a list of like seven things and you have to find them like as fast as possible. And then eventually you're trying to figure out what magical creature is like wrecking the place. It's very, very weird. That is the weirdest worst Waldo I've ever heard of. Yeah, it is. It is very bizarre. But yeah, I, I still don't know what to feel about that game yet. Because yeah. like one of the things that I'm doing is researching an answer for something and it takes 12 hours to research the answer or you can like pay gems to do it. And I'm like, I'm not paying fucking gems to do this. I'll just play it tomorrow. <laughs> is, it, is it the great value of finding games? 
<laughs> I, I guess i don't know it was just like what the hell <laughs> i don't i don't know what's going on yeah. here i'll just i'll play some more tomorrow and see if i hate it or not right no hidden object games are i don't know they're kind of relaxing from time to time yeah, I, I, you have like a you have like a thirty second timer on you know find these eight objects in thirty seconds or less. Mm. I would find a way to get frustrated with it. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, it's actually really funny. So one of the things that they did that was kind of funny is uh so you have like one of the maps was uh the leaky cauldron like the little inn from from yeah. the thing and they have these things and you have to you have to do them multiple times over and over and over again to build up enough things to unlock like to to do research. It's really fucking weird but you end up doing the same one over and over and over again and then once you get a certain number of these stars that you need to do the research and stuff it'll unlock bonus levels so i unlocked my first bonus level of the leaky cauldron and it's the leaky cauldron backwards so the whole picture image is inverted swapped and all of the text for the things that you find at the bottom is all reversed too so you have to read it mirrored and like interpret like oh it wants the bowl of soup uh but it's written backwards so you're like what the fuck okay yeah bowl of soup uh that was over here but now it's over there so there it is and it's just like what the hell it's, it's a really interesting idea for a bonus level especially having all of the words backwards too was like this is just bizarre and yeah, uh yeah. it. it was fun though for you know the <laughs> two minutes i played it or whatever nice what about you drew what are you playing Ooh, um, I recently picked up Battlefield 1 uh, for PS4. That's been really entertaining. But uh, recently, we've been uh, playing uh, Overwatch uh, free weekend. Uh, yeah. And getting really into that, which I've already purchased it. And so now... <laughs> I was going to say, do you own it already or just... The yeah. Play? Well, yeah, no, I don't own it already, but I just really had never played with anybody. And then I started playing with, a, I guess, a mutual friend, uh, this uh, guy, Ramon. And he's he's just really into the gaming. He knows the ins and outs. And once he's like started explaining all the systems and how all the characters and what works better together, it was, mm -hmm. it's been awesome. Yeah, good. <laughs> it was it was really fun. Um, I ended up playing with uh, with the guys too. It was uh, myself, uh, Dave, Drew, uh, Ramon, and a couple of Dave's friends, Ian and John. That we basically all got into a group together. You can have teams of a full team of six in order to go through at the game but it was a lot of fun just basically playing blizzard team fortress yeah uh, it's exactly what it is <laughs> it's it's I, I feel like it's not quite better because it doesn't have hats uh, they'll get there <laughs> they'll have to add something else in eventually <laughs> they have yeah. more champions like that's... but uh yeah i took up the role as like the team healer yeah it's it played as mercy the entire time and Freaking boss healer, let me tell you what. Yeah, I feel like that's the role I excel in, even though like I've sucked at being like a healer in like Final Fantasy like fourteen or like like World of Warcraft. Right. Always terrible as a healer. For some reason in this I can <laughs> it, heal people. It's, it's, it's to to heal people you have to shoot them and you're really good at team killing? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's a streamlined <laughs> game of whack a mole, put it that way. Yeah. Um yeah, I the, my, my problem is that it is $40, and I feel like while the game is enjoyable, I don't think it's $40 worth enjoyable. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it had, and it's currently on sale during the uh, that free weekend, which was November 18th to the 21st, and the collector's edition was on sale. Like I, I can't remember the 
actual origin edition it was 35 yeah, yeah which is usually usually 60 which is a, a great deal but still too much for me I, I don't i don't feel right justifying it yeah what about you, Paul? You been playing anything? Yeah, been playing Overwatch with uh, Drew and everybody, as well as I. I finally set out to now, Dan. You've known me forever. Uh oh. I <laughs> I don't really enjoy the Legend of Zelda series. I've played the I first one. I, I beat the first one. The the actual you know the legit first Nintendo mm-hmm. copy. I've played through the the second one. Never actually beat it. And the only other one that I've beaten is A Link Between Worlds, which was the uh, three recent 3DS game. Mm-hmm. I finally decided, okay, I, I've never beaten it. I have to set down and set out to beat A Link to the Past because it's A Link Between okay. Worlds. It's, it's a prequel. The, yeah, that's, it's, that's, Link Between Worlds is a sequel to A Link to the Past. In my opinion, and, the one Zelda game you should go out of your way to beat. Like, that's and and the best one. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm not arguing. It is hands down the best one I've played. I mean, A Link Between Worlds, I actually think A Link Between Worlds might be better, mm-hmm. but that's debatable, obviously. Yep, but I'm finally just like, all right, I'm gonna beat it, and so I busted out my Raspberry Pi, sat down, and I've been playing it on and off throughout the last uh, maybe week or so. That's awesome. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts yeah, so far? I mean, it's obviously a very enjoyable game. I mean, I've I've played through up until like the sixth or seventh dungeon in the yeah. Dark World, so I, I'm very familiar with the oh, game. Yeah. I just never beat it. Yeah. So what are your opinions of it as in like terms of how it stands versus other action RPG style games like that style of game? Okay. Other style uh, like other games or currently or do we want to compare it to the current like all the other Legend of Zelda games because they're a, a genre unto themselves. Yeah. But it's, like but I'm talking about like there are other games that are action RPGs like Secret of Mana is an action RPG in that same vein. True. I do enjoy Secret of Mana very much and I'd say they're very comparable. I don't think I think where Secret of Mana stands ahead of it is that Secret of Mana you can play co-op, <laughs> but other other than that, I mean, you can probably I I really do enjoy Legend of Zelda at least this particular Legend of Zelda because the rest of them can take a long walk off a short pier for all I care, <laughs> especially Master's Mask. <laughs> Fuck that game. You should check out like the Game Boy, like Link's have- Awakening. Yeah, okay, like I, I have uh, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages on my okay. 3DS. I just never beat them. I'm, I'm okay. still whittling my way through them. And I have Link's Awakening on my Raspberry Pi. Okay. okay. So eventually I'll get to it. It's just that I yeah. haven't gotten there yet. Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. I've heard, is, is probably a very a big hidden gem because mm-hmm. it's not technically canon at all. It was just, yeah. it was supposed to be originally a sequel to Ocarina of Time on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Ocarina of Time. I'm sorry. Um, uh, a link to the past on Game Boy. Okay. And they they use the use those mechanics. The thing was that it was just ended up being a pet project of one of the designers, and he just basically made it himself. And once they figured out what was going on, Nintendo was like, "Okay, you can have a small team and you can finish that up." Yeah, it's really good. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's you, like that game that that's well. It, it I guess it introduced the mechanic of you don't even have to have a sword as like your equipped weapon like you get to combine like all the items in like really yeah. interesting ways yeah. and with uh i've actually seen people do no sword runs on uh uh link to the past which oh. yeah they've been they pick up bushes they knock people out with bushes use bombs <laughs> use the bow and arrow oh, yeah. people, it's it's crazy of watching so, people do no so sword they runs. Pick, they pick the sword up but they don't use the sword they use other yeah. stuff okay. well you don't have a choice you have to you have to pick the sword up in order to advance yeah, the game. right right yeah that's what I'm but, saying. Like, and, I, and I've seen no sword runs done, done on uh, the original Legend of Zelda where they don't even go into the, the cave to pick the sword up. Yeah. They just go nuts and go through the game. 
which is insane when you think about it. Yes. So has has anyone picked up Pokemon Sun or Moon yet? No. Got a couple of buddies who are really into it. I just I'm at the point where I'm like, this is the same game over and over. I think I've played this already. I'm I'm good without it. I've heard yeah. good things about it, like that they've they've done more with plot and that they've mm-hmm. changed things up a little bit, like because it's getting stale. Like, there are no gyms. Really? Yeah. Why bother? Well, because there's a basically there are like little island trials that you do and you fight like these totem spirit like totem Pokemon. Okay. At the end that basically they kind of have the same functions as gyms, but they work differently. All right. But there it's part of like you do a quest chain now instead of just walk into a building and kick everyone's ass. Well, that seems <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna play it anyway, so what's the difference? Yeah. Right. I just, at this point, should they, like, you get all of these monsters, but you only get to fight, like, one at a time. Like, they, I want, like, a Final Fantasy party where you get to, like, use, like, um, Later on uh, in games, you do you do play dual battles where you yeah. play a, okay. a two-on-two. Oh, you do? Yep. Okay. I, I, think yeah. it, I think they introduced yeah. that in, like, X and Y. Yeah. They actually have four-player multiplayer yeah. fights, so, like, yep. four-player deathmatch-style fights in, in this one. Uh, yeah. It's one of the things okay. they announced at I, remember, I remember for the few people that paid attention to it. I remember struggle-busting my way through that. And you totally missed that announcement. God, you- two and a half fucking hours, man. Can you fucking blame me? Oh, what's that? Two and a half hours to drop two fucking games. <laughs> two fucking games. Breath of the Wild and Sun and Moon. Technically three games, but who's fucking counting? Yeah, but <laughs> Breath, of, Breath of the Wild has been delayed again. Which is yeah. not a surprise. But it looks so good. It looks pretty. That's all it's doing, though. Yeah. Nope. I know. It's the trophy wife of Nintendo. <laughs> Nice. Looks pretty. Not all there. <laughs> all right. Do we have any other news other than <laughs> Breath of the Wild got postponed? Oh, um, the that announcement from Star Citizen. Oh, the giant. Yeah. Uh, I I still don't know what to make of this yet. More... Is there a release date yet for that? No. True. <laughs> you know better than to ask that. I don't. But know. have either of y'all kick like put money into the fuck? Them, like, no. No. Okay. We, we I think I initially did podcast. like Yeah. So I think when it when it originally announced this Kickstarter, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I remember the Wing Commander games. That was that was cool. And then like there was just something about the campaign that made me go, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. I'm gonna pass on this. It's like the the Ouya. I did the same thing. Like I backed the Ouya. I was like, I got one of the early bird, like uh, super cheap Ouyas, and I was just like, mm. and where is it? Well, I I canceled my my. Post. Oh, okay. Like during the campaign, I was I just like, you're gonna... no. It, there was just something in the during the campaign where I was just like, I don't know. I don't. That doesn't don't, feel right. Yeah, Something doesn't feel right. A hundred dollars for a like, console. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. Let me, let me just go ahead and cancel this this pledge and. It it's yeah, I can still buy one at Target. Why though? Yeah, there's still one more game I'm waiting to come out, like that I kickstarted, and then finally I might put money back into a Kickstarter game again. Don't don't do it. Which was like four years <laughs> four years ago. And finally Tides of Numenera yeah. might actually come out in January. Yeah, right. But the demo I played wasn't that good. Like yeah. Tides of Numeria is the uh, the see, uh, spiritual successor to Torment. Landscape Torment. Yes. And it, it's yeah. by the same people who did Wasteland 2. Okay. Two. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, Wasteland Two was excellent. It's in exile. It's it's Brian Fargo. It's the yeah. Same. I mean, I'm okay with that. But if it's not very good, I'll be very sad. I don't know. Yeah. There's a look or something. I don't know if they're like hiding something, and the game's gonna look <laughs> a lot better. But like, it oh, kind of okay. looks. So it's going like, through like a Diablo yeah. three thing. <laughs> Maybe. Where where people were very upset that it looked cartoony, and then all of a sudden it came out and be like, "Oh, okay, this is fine." Yeah, maybe uh, we'll see. You know, <laughs> but yeah, those like uh, what uh, the Richard Garriott game, uh, Shroud of the Avatar. Oh, God, like, yeah. Don't, don't talk to Paul. Don't talk to Paul about that. I'm back to that, and I'm very mad about it. Yes, me too. Both of those things, or you just back it? You're like, eh, whatever. I've actually seriously debated on like installing one of the more recent builds and just diving in and seeing like just seeing what the game is like because i haven't played it in like two years i think yeah exactly uh yeah i get emails you say that week. pisses me off <laughs> hey at least there's a game to play yeah instead of a unlike, pretty tech demo i'm like four years of star citizen that has no game to play yeah, there's no game just a very pretty tech demo i'm looking up my uh my kickstarter thing right now i'm trying to see games that have not come out yet Let's so see. Deadlinger did not come out and has been put on indefinite hiatus. So that's one that hasn't come out. Echoes of Eternia has not come out yet. Estimated delivery date was May of 2013. <laughs> nice. Nice. But they're they are still working on it and you still get updates, which is kind of funny. Uh Grim Dawn came out. Uh Starlight Inception came out. Drifter came out. Well, Drifter's still in the works, I think. Yeah. But it it basically has like a beta version that anyone can play i think nice uh republic came out ravaged came out dead state finished shadowrun online allegedly finished mm. uh, <laughs> project eternity that is pillars of eternity came out oh yeah i yeah, back that one <laughs> legend of dungeon came out this is one that i'm really sad about that has not come out yet and like he j we just got a big update from Chris Moran, the guy who who did the like Unforgotten Quest. I don't know if you guys are familiar with an old Flash cartoon that was called Unforgotten Realms. No. Oh my god. So I'm going to link Unforgotten Realms in here because holy shit, you need to watch this because it's funny okay. as fuck. It makes fun of tabletop D&D. &D. Oh. And right. the idea is that it's a guy, a nerdy guy running a D&D &D campaign for his like friend who doesn't know anything about tabletop games so he just plays okay. this ridiculous fucking character who i think is a a ninja abraham lincoln i think is his character class like that's what he wants to be and the guy's like what the fuck that doesn't even exist and like so he wrote ninja abraham lincoln in like the player's guide as like a class and it's like all crayoned in the guy's book and like it, it's so funny but then it goes through this whole thing and his name is like sir schmoopy of awesometon is the guy's name and, and he just runs around doing all this stuff and there's like three seasons of it and it's all it's hilarious it is so funny because it is very much like kind of lampooning D, D. but he wanted to make a he was making a game for it like an rpg for unforgotten realms where you could right. make your own character and run around and he's like had two developers bail out on him and all of these just problems with the game so it sucks that that's not out yet akinero demon hunters came out i've backed a total of three projects yeah two of them have frog dice games I have, I have the avatar. I have way too. So let's see. Rome has not come out. I'm, I'm just going for the ones that haven't come out yet <laughs> at this point. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, I just think about the what he could have done with that money. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. I, it's still it's still being worked on though. Yeah, on the yeah but, it's not, but it's not out yet. True. 
estimated delivery June 2015. Yep. And it is currently November <laughs> 2016. Everspace, that one looks really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And it's getting close. Everspace, have you ever played Galaxy on Fire? No. Like the, they're like mobile. I think they're on Steam. Galaxy on Fire 2 might be on Steam now. Uh, but it is a like a space shooter game, like where you basically, it's kind of like Elite Dangerous and stuff like that where you are flying around in a spaceship but right. it's you know for ipad and stuff so i might i might actually cover that as a game because that's a good game and people should fucking play it uh, but they're making a new game that's gonna have all kinds of crazy shit in it and it's pretty close to being done so yeah mostly just my recent stuff hasn't been done yet so everspace uh battle chasers which is another like jrpg style game battle tech because fuck yeah battle tech hell yeah uh, and friday the 13th oh yeah that looked good <laughs> because that game looks amazing it does and sounds amazing and if they can even do half half of it right it'll be awesome and worth playing i, I feel like we should do that for a live stream session yes we can do that <laughs> anyway i did see that oh gosh the guys who did game dev tycoon greenheart games okay. they are announcing within the next week a their next game so with they've been working on for the last two years so i'm kind of excited about that i hope it's kickstarter tycoon that would be fucking hilarious that would be God, a, that yeah. would be entertaining <laughs> as fuck <laughs> That's like... That would be entertaining as hell. I would play the <laughs> shit out of that. Crowdfund tycoon. <laughs> Make bigger promises. Ex- like elaborate rewards. <laughs> what is your stretch goal? <laughs> Maybe it could be punch stop tycoon. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, topic? Uh, you, you ready for the topic, Drew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering we just... spent a half an hour bullshitting. <laughs> I was gonna say Kickstarter had such promise. It and did. I guess it has delivered a few things. It still does. But yeah, it's done a lot of good. Like, see, that's the thing. It's or for board gaming, I feel like it's done a. Oh yeah, tons, tons. But yeah, like one of the things that it, Kickstarter is always and any crowdfunding thing is is like, it all depends on the company doing it and their track record. And in the beginning, you didn't know anyone's track record because no one had ever fucking crowdfunded anything before. But yeah. it's like. When Hairbrain Schemes does a Kickstarter, I don't flinch because they've delivered three games. Yeah. Like they did Shadowrun Returns and then spun off a second game, Dragonfall. They did Hong Kong. They did Golem Arcana. And now they've done Mech Warrior. So all the only game that hasn't shipped is Mech Warrior. Like, Which I imagine it will. Oh, yeah. It's going to. Like every, they've shipped every time. So it's like I'm, I am not worried about that at all. In fact, the estimated delivery date for Battletech is May of 2017. So they still have six months. Yeah, they've got a conservative estimate of yeah, time. Because they actually do a really good job of that. <laughs> so, anyway. But like Friday the 13th was supposed to be out in October, and it's definitely not. Yeah, and that's that's okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I understand delays. Mm-hmm. Especially oh, Apple. Yeah, especially with with a a game that is was funded on Kickstarter and people were like, maybe we won't be able to do this. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. so let's talk about pandering to a retro mentality. Yes, we grew up playing games that are now considered retro. I grew up in the Nintendo era. I know you did too, mm-hmm. Drew. I, I don't. I'm not sure when when your era was. Was it more Super Nintendo? I mean, I grew up with the Nintendo. Yeah, then okay. we got a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Then so we all grew up with eight bit games. Yeah. So we all grew up with these games that we now have. We hold near and dear to our hearts. We we enjoy them. We I mean, I'm sitting here playing a 16-bit game, not as we speak, but I, I mean, in between 
everything else, I'm still trying to finish a 16-bit game for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. We hold them near and dear to our hearts. However, companies decide to try and leverage that uh, rose-colored glasses for them in making games that look retro, feel retro, play like a retro game. Mm-hmm. And there are ways that can go good, that can go very well, and ways that can go very poorly. The trouble with it is, where is the line between good and poor? I don't know. Like that's yeah, that is definitely like a question that that basically kind of gets asked for any game you play, right? Like what, where, where does it just kind of harp on nostalgia and hope that you like it because it's like, oh, this this reminds me so much of Metroid. I really love that game, and and I want to play this game because it seems like Metroid. And what actually improves upon the Metroid platform and makes a really really good game because it learned the lessons from metroid and then takes the lessons of the advancements that we've come across in game development in the past 20 to 30 years and applies them to that formula i'm not i'm not sure either i mean why do people even like retro games (laughs) that's a good question because i don't know it's like some of it is it's weird like does it just like those graphics really just harken back to, you know, days of yore when you were a kid sitting in front of a television? Or is it because, like, you just miss that style of gameplay? Or is it because they're just really good games and none of that matters and they just serve the game? I, I mean, it could be just the fact that when we were kids, we had a... It was all we had. We had a, a yeah. lower threshold for what's a good game and what isn't a good game. I mean... Looking back now, I'm pretty sure that Karnov is not a fucking good game, but I still enjoyed it anyway. Friday the 13th is not a great game, but I still tried my head off to beat it anyway. I mean, Batman Return of the Joker was fucking awful, but there I was sitting there day in and day out trying to beat this fucking thing. I I think nostalgia goggles are are a huge thing for it, too. I look back on playing Final Fantasy 1 now on the original Nintendo card, and and it is the very definition of a where-the-fuck-do-I-go game. Right. Yes. And I'm not a big <laughs> but, fan of where the fuck do I go games. But at the same time, if you look at all of the updates to Final Fantasy 1. So like you take Final Fantasy 1, basically put it in the Final Fantasy 6 engine. That's what they basically did. They updated yep. them all to like the 16-bit, 32-bit era. Yep. And that's what you can play on your cell phone now. Anywhere in the world you can sit down and play Final Fantasy 1 with much much better graphics. I know, and, and kind of tuned up, and real. It's a really, really good game on an yeah. iPhone. Yeah, I know. I just beat the Lich on my <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like, I don't know. Is that at that point when you when you remake a game like that and you update it that much, is it the, still the same game, or is it just hearkening back to that game with a new system? Because I mean, they changed some of it, but I don't think they changed a whole hell of a lot. But I, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I, I, it's, I think it's, it's better. I wouldn't. I personally would never go back and play the original NES Final Fantasy when that version exists. Sure. Yeah, it is awful. Like the original <laughs> is like uh, they updated so much better with like the uh, menu systems and speed of the game. Yeah, like they they Square did a really good job improving those across the board. Like. <laughs> Because you can buy the first six Final Fantasy games on, yeah. I think it's in the Google Play Store too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, I think I got mine on sale for like 25 bucks for the first six games. And I was like, I would pay that for Final Fantasy VI. So I, I bought them. 
I'm not going to rebuy them. I already own all of them. I have yes. them on PlayStation. I'll be fine without that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I own probably like four versions. Yeah, like Final yeah. Fantasy VI. <laughs> I, I, dude, I love Final Fantasy VI. Don't get me wrong. It is the best Final Fantasy. Yeah, I have the tactics, But it's the best core Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> but like I don't have all of those on playstation so True. it behooved me to purchase them yeah, all. absolutely I'm not, I'm not i'm not saying that you shouldn't have bought them i'm saying i'm not going to rebuy them fair enough <laughs> that's definitely fair enough but so i guess like a good example of this in my opinion is shovel knight shovel knight is awesome <laughs> it is a really good so game. if if i remember correctly one of the things that the developers of Shovel Knight set out to do was make a Super NES game. Like, yeah, I think they, they gave themselves the cartridge limitations of the Super NES, and that's what they wanted to do with their game. Yeah. They, they wanted to make sure it f- would basically fit on a Super NES cart, which were super tiny compared to modern games. Oh, yeah. Um, but they made a Metroid, Metroidvania-style game, mm-hmm. but they updated it. Like they and they didn't take it too far. Like they kept the core of it there. And I think that's part of the problem of of the the whole new retro movement that a lot of people are doing is either you don't update it enough or you update it way too much. And Shovel Knight is, I think, the ideal balance because it is this really weirdly cool retro style. You feel like you're playing a 16-bit platformer where you smack things with a shovel. I feel like I'm playing a reskin Mega Man, and it's amazing. kind of a little bit, yeah. Or, yeah. or actually, you know what? I feel like I'm playing a reskin Ducktales. That's what it is. Yeah, kind of with the Street no, 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 Duck copying. That stuff. is an absolute yeah. reskin Ducktales, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people love Ducktales. Oh, it's oh, a yeah. fantastic game. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, what makes a good retro game? Oh boy, now. I want to see gameplay. If you if you're not going to focus on graphics, if you're going to just you know be a 16-bit game or an 8-bit game, you need to focus on gameplay. I need to have something there to draw me in. A good story, a fantastic gameplay. One of those two has to be there because that's the right. trilogy. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the triangle. That's the delta. You have to have either good, great graphics, a great story, or great gameplay. Having all three, you're golden. You you are the triforce of power. <laughs> if you if you only have two of those, I can still be sucked in, but you gotta have at least two. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think is kind of the reason why a lot of people aim for this is because well, one, it is significantly cheaper. Oh yeah. Because you know, you're not paying shitloads of money to render and model and animate 3D shit, which gets really expensive really fast, trying to make sure it look like Final Fantasy 15. You know, and just just as an example, you've got uh, the AAA games that are costing more than high budget movies. Yeah, a good example that I I kind of want to point out about this is a game that I mentioned from I might have mentioned a minute ago from Kickstarter. That's called Sheltered, and literally it's a survival game where you have a Fallout shelter. And I just saw it the other day. Yeah, and and basically you and your family are you try and like grow your little bunker and build stuff and manage people and venture out for supplies and deal with radiation sickness and all of this stuff uses ridiculously 8-bit graphics. Like, maybe not even 8-bit. Like, they're super old-school graphics. It looks good. But, yeah, it does. Like, it it fits the aesthetics for the game, but it's because the game doesn't want to distract you with graphics. It wants to 
let you focus on the systems and it's one thing it does really well and it's really well balanced in that fashion and it just works beautifully and it is a hard game and you were going to die everyone's gonna die it's, it's a punishing game is it, no, is it, no is it punishing or is it a fa- is it a fair challenge well, that it, just is unforgiving well it's it's just a fair challenge it's the reality of like everyone is going to get radiation poisoning you you're living in a fucking bunker after a nuclear holocaust basically like everyone is going to die it's just you try to survive as long as you can i don't actually know if it's possible to survive long enough to quote win like i don't know if there is a win state for the game i think you just keep playing Interesting. i don't know because i don't know if anyone's i've never even never looked up it. to see if anyone's <laughs> beaten it. Like, i don't know if you can beat it i think well, it's just a there is a certain amount of yeah like it's a high score i really don't know and yeah I'm kind of curious, but I also kind of don't want to know because I don't think it needs to be winnable. Like, I think that's part of the message of the game is like, dude, when, you know, when nukes go off and the whole world dies and you're trying to live in a bunker and survive it out, like, there is no winner. Like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Even how long to beat.com doesn't have any data for it. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't surprise me. Like, I just, I don't know if there's a win state and uh, at the same time i don't know if there should be because that's i think part of the theme of the game is you know the world has gone to shit and there is no good news there is no light on the end of the tunnel you are in this bunker that is slowly breaking down and you need to help your family survive or not yeah the goal of the game is not to win it's to just to survive yeah and it's a very bleak game, <laughs> as you can kind of tell. Like, yeah. Kind of reminds me of this War of Mine, which that is exactly the goal of the game as well. It's not. I don't think there is a win state for this War of Mine. It's just surviving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Now, on that uh, bright and chipper note, um, what what are some good other great examples of modern games that don't do that whole make that they try to fulfill the whole delta, not just um, the graphics delta cave story good one it's up there on my list yeah by uh studio pixel yeah and that's like a good like that's a game that has like yeah the gameplay the story yeah multiple endings like replay yeah replayability uh, that's, that's like really awesome how, how are the graphics i've actually never played cave story uh it's a, a 16 bit Okay. Okay. And I, yeah, and I feel like 16 bits almost where I draw the line at this point yeah. when I look okay. at stuff. <laughs> is it? Uh, is it? Uh, does it fit the aesthetic? I mean, is it good for the story, or is it distracting from the game itself? Oh no, no, no. The story's good because oh, well, basically you're just a robot with amnesia, and then you're just trying to find out like what happened to this island that you got to shoot your way through. Right, but but, but are the are the graphics fitting for that, or do they distract oh. from the story itself? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, it fits. Like, okay. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like anything like contrasts with what you're trying to do. You're just on this. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess they make a concession. They're like, you're in this floating island in the sky. Right. <laughs> and then, that's cool. But yeah, you're just trying to get off and figure out what happened. That's neat. I can think yeah. of a good one. I mentioned it before we started the show, Punch Club, which yeah. okay. really well. It has a... It's kind of, uh, I guess, it kind of looks like uh, the old Sierra games, the the adventure, the old Sierra point-and-click adventure games. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like those by any stretch, but it looks like those, and it has really fun gameplay in that you're not actually doing any of the fighting. 
you're managing the fighter itself. You're managing that fighter's day-to-day life. You're going around. I, I mean, I've talked about this before, but you're basically, you're doing all the workouts. You're getting money for yourself so you can feed yourself. And and then you're going to put your training yourself so you can go into the fights and with as as peak a condition as possible and, and the best abilities you can have so that you can actually get through the fights and win the game. This, there, there is an end state for this game. There is a, a finish to it. It's got a very... Um, cheesy story but it fits the game itself so you just it's kind of like um uh, far cry blood dragon where it's got that over the top story that you're not really paying attention to but it's still a fun thing to have in the background yeah i kind of have three which is kind of funny shoot <laughs> so the three that i have two of them are amusingly from the same year which is kind of funny to me and one of them is actually significantly earlier so i don't know how retro it is but the sequels definitely are okay so First one we talked about when we were talking about DLC Quest, which DLC Quest is also kind of one that is very, very retro. Oh, yes. Um, but it is Super Meat Boy. I love Super yeah, Meat Boy. I had that on my list. Which is 2010, and it is very retro, platformery, but also super hard. Yes. Very astonishing. Um, I along, beat that. <laughs> nice. Along, along the same lines of that and released the same year as that was... VVV VVV, <laughs> which is also a weird platformer game, and like that's fucking like four bit graphics. Like that thing is yeah, like it really is so weirdly old school. Um, and then a really good one that has apparently there are three games in the series, which I didn't know. I only knew about the first two. Is there's a game called N, and it has a sequel that's called N Plus. Yep. And then the third game is N Plus Plus. I've heard of all those, yeah. Uh, and there, it's a weird ninja game where you're you are a little like stick figure ninja, and you run around and jump over things and try not to die. And really, really good games, really hard at times too. But it's you can actually play them all for free online, which I just learned about, which is kind of funny. Nice. Um, it's like wayoftheninja.org or something like that. Yeah, I, I've got a perfect one for perfect one for this would be Stardew Valley. Yes, that was. Yep, that was on your list as well. Yeah, it is. If you're is not that familiar, is, yeah, that is very Super Nintendo looking. Yep, yep. In, in fact, it it takes after its predecessor. Oh gosh, um, Harvest, Harvest Moon. Moon. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> it, it is basically a not remake, but a Harvest Moon plus plus, so to speak. Yeah. It is Harvest Moon on steroids. It is a very good game, and it just does everything that Harvest Moon does, but better. Hmm. Yeah. My opinion. Yes. I definitely kind of agree with that. I know, it's so good. Yeah, it was basically the developer. He's like, I want to play Harvest Moon on my PC, but there's not one. So okay, I'll like, do it. All right, yeah, <laughs> I'll make yep. it. So. I, I will take one for the team. And this was this was a single developer, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's just one guy. They're they're porting it now to PS4 and Xbox. One nice. should be out December or January-ish. That's awesome. And then they're, then they're also adding co-op to it, too. That's even better. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the coil patches. Yeah, I'll play the yeah. shit out of that. And there's patches out now that like expand the map, or like uh, originally there's just like one type of farm, but now there's like different land sets and stuff. You can nice. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say one that I feel like praise on it is the Oregon Trail. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's kind of that that's kind of. I don't know. That's a parody game. It's yeah, I feel parody. like it's lampooning okay. Oregon Trail, but yes. I, I and I still enjoyed it. I still played it. I still beat it. But it's I, I don't think it's a, a 
don't think it preys on it so much as it yes that is the gimmick for it but yeah. i think it still did it well enough that it's mm-hmm. not just pandering to it for, just for okay. money but it's doing it well enough my opinion okay. anyway fair enough uh, it just seemed like kind of like okay we can redo this for a modern yeah, yeah. just replace ducks with the zombies yeah <laughs> But I, I think that definitely was the goal, but I think it was also kind of making fun of it at the same oh, time. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely a little bit satirical, and it's also making fun of all of the zombie survival games. And yeah. Yep. And it, it, I, I do agree, though. It is definitely pandering to the retro people by being like, hey, remember this cool game Oregon Trail you used to play when you were in kindergarten? Wink, well, wink, nudge, nudge. Here's a zombie version of it. Yeah. Buy me. Uh, Evil I, can, I can definitely see that that you know yeah. view of that game, but definitely, I, I think, think it did it well enough. Yeah, it did a good job. It, it didn't just like, hey, look, guys, a sixteen bit game. Like, well, here we do. We want to make fun of the that Mega Man ripoff. Yes, uh, Mighty Number Mighty Nine, Nine, or like, hey, look, guys, <laughs> yeah. a new Mega Man game by the original creators of Mega Man. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah, it. <laughs> was terrible <laughs> like i i so you're familiar with pro jared or are you familiar with pro jared the youtuber uh, you yeah. have shared him with me before yeah i've he's got a a, a, a separate youtube channel for his let's plays on twitch mm-hmm. and he played through that and you could just see how painful it was he's like oh this is pretty good and as it goes on through three nine episodes, like this is fucking terrible. <laughs> By the end of it, and it was really, it was fun to, to go on that trip with him because it was a very generic game. It did mm-hmm. nothing new. It the only thing that it did was encourage you to dash, whereas in Mega Man, you were encouraged to step back, move mm-hmm. slow, don't rush in, otherwise you're going to die. No, that's that's not what Modern Number Nine does. You're dashing, you're you're moving. In fact, the entire mechanic of the game for you to actually absorb any sort of power ups is to dash into the enemies that you've wounded. Otherwise, they will heal. Which is just you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. Yes. But like that's that's a good example, I think, of a game that they missed. Yeah. Like it it had the potential to be really good. Everything about it sounded good, and then mm-hmm. just something didn't. Work. I know, and that makes me nervous for uh, Bloodstain, like the <laughs> the successor, spiritual successor to uh, Symphony of the Night series. Yeah, interesting. I'll have to try that. Yeah, well, and and like you know, one that did really well was Pillars of Eternity, which is yeah. a throwback to the Baldur's Gate style games, yep. and has everything that I've seen on it has been absolutely fantastic. Like it has yeah. done exceedingly, exceedingly well. I mean, Wasteland 2, perfect example of it. A sequel to the original Wasteland, which was in and of itself a very bare-bones basic game. Well, yeah, because it was a super old PC game. Yeah, it was was on DOS for crying out fucking loud. I think it was pre... Well, it it was... I think they had... I don't know if It was pre-Windows. Yeah, I don't know if they had a Commodore 64 version, but it it was almost that old. Yeah, yeah. Probably, uh, at the very least, Amiga. Yeah. A uh, good, a, a great one that pan, both panders and lampoons retro mentalities is Evo Land. Oh yeah, that's still on my list of things to play. Yeah, I really recommend it. I, I really want to play the sequel as well. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to pick up Evo Land too. So, Wasteland, platforms, Apple II, Commodore sixty four, MS DOS, 
Microsoft Windows, now Linux, and OS X. All right. So the, the good thing is, obviously, it, it decreases development time and cost. You mentioned those earlier. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a lot easier to animate sprites than it is for rendering 3D models. Yeah. The games, the games do generally age better. Like, I'm still playing Super Nintendo games. They, they look good. Yeah. They, they just they play well. They feel it's, right it's in your even, hands, you know? It's not even just Super NES games. It's basically all hand-drawn art style games yeah. tend to age better like yeah. like the example that i thought of was super mario world for the super nes the like yep. class like that in my opinion that's kind of like the classic mario game like that is like the yeah. uber quintessential mario game pinnacle. versus the original resident evil like <laughs> I, I can't which is newer resident yeah. evil is newer than super mario world and Absolutely. if you look at the two of those games side by side today which one looks better now that now the trouble i have with that <laughs> is that yes there, there was the super nintendo right at the end there of that yeah. 2d era mm -hmm. and resident evil was the beginning of the 3d era right so anything when you hit playstation and nintendo 64 especially nintendo 64 and uh xbox Right around there is where you get that that whole awkward teenager phase of gaming where you have the that first infancy yep. of 3D where everything just looks like shit. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Final Fantasy. Yeah. Well, Final I mean, Fantasy fucking seven looked awful. Yeah. Fight me. I know. When they stepped off that train, it's like, what? Oh. Who is this? <laughs> and why do you have Popeye arms? Yeah. What the fuck, man? Why do you have a sword bigger than I am? Yeah. Well, I mean, even like Super Mario World looks aged better than Mario 64. Like, just 3D games never age well. Like, it Mario is Mario 64 doesn't look but, terrible, but it doesn't look as good as Mario World. But look at Dungeon Lair, like the old school arcade cartoon. You mean Dragon's Lair? Dragon's Lair. Yeah, that one. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Dragon's Lair. It's a. Uh, 70s i think almost yeah yeah well that was in arcades in the early 80s that's a don blue it's basically a don bluth film let's be honest yes. here yeah. because it's not really a game you're oh, basically playing it you're playing an animated feature mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they did make a television series for it which is kind they of sure did but it cost they a sure dollar did. per mistake <laughs> <laughs> it really fucking did yeah i remember like standing <laughs> behind my brother at the arcade while he like tried to beat it and it was just like Ran out of oh, money so quick. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> Fuck, I'm dead. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> yeah, 1983. But like that still looks really good. God, that game is as old as I am. I mean, but in fairness, that was that was hand drawn animation. That I, I yeah, I I can't really. I don't know if I could really count that. But I mean, look at all of the games from. I mean, not necessarily the Super NES era or the NES era, but like look at all the Super NES games, like. Look at Zelda Link to the Past. It's still an enjoyable, pretty game. Like, Period. They could put that game out right now and it would still do well. Oh, like, are you kidding me? With the with the way people view it now, they could make a, a clone of it, put it on Steam, and sell like hotcakes. <laughs> yeah, basically. God. That's a, that's a I kind of want to do it now, don't you? I know, yeah. <laughs> Call it Legend of Zelda. <laughs> you play as Lonk. Lonk. <laughs> He finally gets his game. Anyway, what do you guys look for in a great retro game? I mentioned mine, but I want—I'm—I'm kind of curious what you guys think. I'm just looking for tight controls. 
Like, yeah. I just want to feel like, like super meat boy, even though like you are kind of floaty. Yeah. Like, it, but like, it doesn't feel like it. No, no. Like and, every button matters that yeah. you push, which is only yeah. two buttons, but like they have their functions and it's like really crisp. And, and that's, I think the most important lesson that companies can learn when they're doing a retro game is like, it is definitely, in my opinion, it's that gameplay, gameplay first, I think is, I think what I look for in a retro style game. And that kind of feeds into that is like the one thing that we've learned in that is probably the most important thing in 30 years of game design is controls are super important. The tighter, the tighter and more responsive your controls are, the better your game experience. And I think almost, I'm sure you guys would agree, the the best example of this has to be the Dark Souls games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if the Dark Souls games, if those controls were not super precise and tight, the game would be garbage. Like people, no one would play them. Like that is what sets that game apart is how tight the controls are. And that is, again, like with Super Meat Boy, what made that explode and do super awesome was the super tight controls mm-hmm. and replaying the game 300,000 million times. Yeah. There's that. But... Yeah. But like, you know, there's some other stuff like Hotline Miami that does kind of the similar stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, you have to have super tight controls or the retro games don't work. And, Absolutely. And like even dlc quest bordered on that for a little bit where it was like this is really just weird and floaty but you you couldn't die in the first one so it didn't matter but the controls i think in freemium or die were a little bit tighter than they were in the original game because you could die yep and you needed to be able to move better yeah but i mean look at like braid and it's weird controls like it again it was a super tight for a platformer Shovel Knight, super tight controls. It, that is definitely something they need to have. But I definitely... So one game we haven't talked about and that shows that controls are super, super important and that gameplay needs to come first. Thomas was alone. Okay. Yes. If you are not familiar with this game, go look up a video on it. Well, I'll, I'll link a gameplay video. I'll find some random ass gameplay video and link it. In fact, why don't you pause it right now and then... Go look at the video. It's it'll probably be a few minutes. Come back and then we'll keep we'll talk about it. So, back perfect yeah so basically thomas was alone you are a fucking square like you're you are a literal block on the screen and you it's a platformer where you play a square like not you're not like a little dude like mario running around you are a square and you're jumping like that's it, that's it. you sometimes don't need you're a rectangle <laughs> yeah it's like sometimes you're a line i mean that's it you you are four different shapes yeah, like you you don't it doesn't need anything else because it works and it's fun and you don't need super awesome ridiculous high fidelity graphics that look like a blockbuster movie to make a fun game you no. just don't like, you just at, need a smooth voice british yeah. man narrating your game yeah or like look at geometry wars 
yeah, but, yeah. That's, yeah. Like that's it, it. It takes asteroids, brings it into the new millennium, and mm-hmm. makes it very, very pretty because of the weird glowy effects and crazy warping stuff. Yeah, that's what I think it needs to do. Like gameplay needs to be good, and all the rest falls into place. Absolutely. The only problem is that when the the reasons why it would not work well is when that the developer just tries to slap the fact that it's retro onto it's like oh my god it's it's 8 bit it's 16 bit that's all we're doing it's it, this is the game hey isn't this great isn't this what you want guys huh huh is this what you want huh yeah, aren't these cool like we heard 16 bit games are cool right now <laughs> that's when i was trying to look up games to see what i had in my steam library but then i just typed in like uh, pixel graphics and like steam to see what yeah. popped up 751 yep tons of fucking games it's it's kind of ridiculous the bad part is is that some of these platforms now like there are there are like game design tools that you can use to make games that are make it really really easy to make retro style games like there's uh game maker i think is what it's called is it actually just called game it's called game maker you're absolutely right yeah and then there's rpg maker which is maybe a little more famous uh rpg maker you can buy on steam yeah Yeah. and and it will export and it will export to steam Steam. like Mm -hmm. and so that was one of the things that hit for a really long time and it still kind of is the market got retardedly saturated with rpg maker games on steam like if you If you search for RPG Maker on Steam, like you, your computer will explode. There's just there's three hundred thousand RPG Maker games. Really, on there. I guess. And they're, most of them are just terrible. I'm gonna do it. Uh, uh, well, the one RPG, RPG Maker, Maker game that like stands out is like To the Moon. I don't know if y'all played yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I I have that in my queue to play. Like it's it, it's it looks so good. really good, and I've heard fantastic things about it yeah it has fantastic story fantastic soundtrack it's yeah it's worth playing <laughs> but like game maker is made to use like make like little platform games and stuff like that and i don't know if it yeah. there's a lot of game maker games on steam but yeah, okay. it makes it super easy to make stuff and you can export to uh mobile and stuff like yeah. that so you can play it on android and ios and all that good stuff and paul is laughing with his microphone muted <laughs> oh you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many RPG Maker games are there? There was like fifteen pages of them. It's been it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, wow. Yeah, fifteen pages of <laughs> there's got to be probably two dozen on each page. Oh, sorry, twenty five, three hundred and seventy total. Not not as many as we thought, but still quite a bit. And there's like uh, I guess Terraria and Starbound are also. I guess fit in that aesthetic. Yeah, Terraria. I would definitely say that it yeah. does. And it definitely looks like a. Well, it looks like a 16-bit platformer, but yeah. it has the gameplay of Minecraft. So if you like, yeah, suck all that in there. It's, it's the same thing with uh, with um, Starbound. Uh, they're both yeah. very similar. I feel like Terraria is a better game, but in fairness, once uh, I haven't played Starbound since it was okay. 1.0. Okay, I don't know. You get gun. I don't care. Start get guns in Terraria too. You do? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You tell me. No, there, I thought of another game that's uh, it's a roguelike. Okay. Uh, Magisite? Um, <laughs> he's just going to search for a while, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, Drew, you want to play cards? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> do you have any twos? Uh, go fuck yourself. Is that how that works? 
No. Yeah. <laughs> that's precisely how that works. There's also the uh, uh, what is it? The Exile series on the PC. Oh yes, I I want uh, to play because I know they the dude re-released them. Yeah, so in... Spyroweb Software. Yeah, and he's like updated them over the years. Yeah, and yeah. So now it's called Avernum, and it's just update, but it's still in the same graphical style, and he's oh, kept like yeah. the same graphics, but it's just like modernized controls and everything you know like your mouse does a lot more than you think it should and is it on steam it is on steam i think it's on sale for like 250 right now really could you link me after this uh, anyway yeah i do want to i want to i do want to play all of them because i remember so playing exile 2 and it was fantastic yeah back in the day. and so he's up to yeah vernal 2 and yeah exile 2 like crystal souls i think was the... i found him he's up to yeah. six jesus christ yeah 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 bunch and he has like another side series of games too like the black uh, is, is 20 bucks are you kidding me that one just came out not too long ago i think like over the summer i believe so vernum escape to the pit is the uh anyway so yeah. we're, we've we've done a wild tangent here um <laughs> it's it's really so when a when a dev when a dev i think is the, the worst offender is when a dev just tries to recreate an old game without fixing any of its flaws. Yeah. Like they, they try to basically make a, sh- a, for lack of a better term, a shot for shot remake of the original game, mm-hmm. but not fix any of the problems, like leaving in the problems w- of, the, of the original game as if they were charming. <laughs> That's always okay. been my issue anyway. And I guess, I guess and another big... They are not charming. Not at all. No. Aside from like Starting Valley, a lot of these games, which I like, can be like digested in small chunks. They're like shorter games, you know, two to like five hour experiences. Absolutely. And that makes it a lot more accomplishable, you know, in adult lives with jobs and other shenanigans we deal with. (laughs) Which is the constant struggle of being a a retro gamer is like you are, (laughs) you have all of these responsibilities and shit. And podcast to record and so so all of this other stuff that makes it so you can't sit and play games for like 40 hours a week like you used to when you were younger there's yeah. this there's this delta that I'm, I'm going to keep going back to that money time energy when you're young you have all the energy and all the time but none of the money when you're our age you have all the money and all the time but none of the energy or, i'm sorry but all, all the money and all the energy but none of the time and when you're old you have all the money and all the time but none of the energy Fair enough. So, yeah, we're in that one portion of the Delta where we've got money and energy, but fucking time kind of sucks for us right now. So the uh, retro RPG I was thinking of is Dungeons of Dreadmore. Oh, I love that one. I own that one. Which is a fantastic game. Yes. Very 16-bit looking, totally procedurally generated Mm -hmm. roguelike game. Um, It's very much plays like a rogue game Mm -hmm. and can be super, super, super hard depending on how you play it, whether you're hardcore or not. Um, but yeah, really, really fun game. Makes a really, really good t- kind of quasi-tactical RPG because it basically just uses straight rogue st- yeah. gameplay. It, it, yeah, it's it's, st- it's turn-based stop gameplay. You don't do anything. Like, nothing moves unless you move. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very interesting because you can tweak everything. Everything is tweakable. There's a ton of options in there to just kind of mm-hmm. mess about with. It is it is a very, very fun game and again highly recommend you check it out. And I think it's only a couple of dollars on Steam right now, which is I can't kind of imagine cool. it's it's very much. 
like even full price. Yeah, I would I would probably pay full price for that again. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Dungeons and Dreadmore is currently. I know the expansions are three dollars a piece, and there are two of it's, them. It's it's five bucks. Yeah, just buy it. It's five fucking dollars. I might do it. <laughs> it's good. Like yeah. the complete package, is... which is Dungeons and Dreadmore, Dungeons and Dreadmore Conquest of the Wizard Wiz, uh, the Wizard Lands, and Dungeons and Dreadmore Realm of the Diggle Gods, seven dollars. Yeah. Yeah. The entire okay. thing is seven bucks, and that's that's totally worth it. Like yeah. if you if you want a really really good introduction to roguelike style games, Dungeons of Dreadmore is really good because it is graphical. You can use your mouse, and it has the very very traditional net hack and rogue style of gameplay. Absolutely, but, with, but without the weird ASCII graphics to make you go, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah, yeah. no dwarf fortress. One day I'll understand. No dwarf for this. I wish they'd update that game. Anyway, uh, the the one game that you've you've reminded me by saying Rogue Rogue Legacy has that graphical style, but extremely tight controls. It has just it is a great marriage of rogue and platformer and action platformer. It's really good. All right. Anything else? Um, I think we're about tapped. (laughs) Yeah. I know I am. Pretty much. Yeah, I was looking at my game shelf to see. Like a uh, Ultimate NES remix on the 3DS. Those are kind of cool. So it gives you like little <laughs> bite-sized chunks. But then yeah. they took their games and like they would put, you know, Samus and Mario. And then you would have to like complete like a small task like kill this Koopa. But why though? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think Maybe that's the most thing that was preying on nostalgia, because like after you like start to play a Samus, then you're like, oh, now I just want to play Metroid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, I didn't want to fire up Mario in the first place. Now I want to play Metroid, and you're just giving me Mario with fucking Samus in it. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Well, I guess we got a couple of little questions we can ask real quick. Yeah, fire away. So, what is your favorite retro style game? Like of oh, all of the retro-y, style games you've played, what is your Oh, favorite? man. I can't do that. Drew, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here because... Uh, let, me, let me just kick you under the bus. Yes. I don't know. No, no. I'm trying to look at what I keep going back and playing. Um, like, I feel like every time I pick up my 3DS, is like I always go back and play Shovel Knight. Yeah, I can't it's believe always, that. You know, like, the levels are really cool. They're kind of short. It's, you know... You can just play one level. Yeah, you you can play a level, yeah. and it's it's maybe and, fifteen and, minutes or so. And it has that degrees of challenge where, like, you know, you get checkpoints in level, or you can destroy the checkpoint for like extra, you know, points, and keep going. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Can't nice. say I blame you. I mean, I think I honestly think Stardew Valley is probably my favorite one. It's it yeah. just there's so much to do. It is what Harvest Moon probably meant to be when the original Harvest Moon came out, but just didn't get there. Yeah. So I'm going to go a little bit of a curveball. Shoot. I'm going to say Legends of Grimrock. Ooh, well done. Because it is like an old Eye of the Beholder style gold Mm -hmm. box D&D game. Which reminds me of Wizardry. Yeah. But it it, it harkens back to that era and it is totally a modern game and it has all of the modern amenities. but, (laughs) But it's not. Like it is, it is an old school style game. Like that is, that's, it was just, it was a really cool one. It did some really cool stuff. And yeah, I never finished that. 
Me either, but I have both of them. Really Legend fun. of Grimrock 1 and 2, but I never finished them. Yep. Maybe right. have a game corner later. God, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd be able to finish them. There's also there's a sequel out too. Yeah, I have I own them both. I just never oh, okay. finished them. Yep. All right. If you want to contact us, you can find us over at uh, loadedcartgaming.com. You can find us over at facebook.com slash loadedcartgaming. If you want to send us a tweet, you can tweet uh, Dan, oh, he run, Dan, he runs our uh, Loaded Cart page at Loaded Cart. Uh, you can contact me at Paul Clue. If you want to email us, it is podcast, Paul, or Chop, all at loadedcartgaming.com. You can find us over on Reddit at slash r slash loadedcartgaming. If you want to check uh, out Drew, uh, Drew, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at hopsandheroes.podbean.com is our website. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Hops and Heroes. And hopefully, barring that the power supply that I get from Amazon works, maybe we'll have a new episode up this week where we'll be talking about probably Battlefield and World of Final Fantasy. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Nice. All right. Drew, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, we appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. I appreciate you attempting to save my voice, even though it didn't need saving. <laughs> Anything else, gentlemen? No, I think I think we are good. Thank you, save Dan's voice though. He's starting to sound kind of croaky. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm weathered. 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 Yeah, that's a good one. Weathered with whiskey and beer. All right, <laughs> folks. Mostly beer. We we appreciate you. If you want to give us a chance, uh, take it. Take us a take a look over at uh, iTunes. Give us a five star review if you want to. If not, that's fine too. Just give us something. It it gets us bumps us up and gives us a bit more uh, ratings. Oh, and and also remember, since this is new, if you really love us, go check out Patreon. Patreon.com slash loaded cart gaming. We would appreciate it. Just take a look. And if you feel like supporting the show that way, feel free to support the show that way. And a uh, special thank you. you. And a special thank you to Mike H and Tadpog. They've both already donated to us. Thanks so much. Indeed, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, all right, folks, we're out. Here's some smooth jazz to play you out. I kind of want to do it now, don't you? I know, yeah. Call it Legend of Zelda. (laughs) You play as Lonk. Lonk. (laughs) He finally gets his game. I actually actually named him Lonk in my Link to the Past run. (laughs) Way Way to typo. No, I didn't intentionally.